Hello, Pastor Deborah here. Hi, welcome to the Garden of Eden today. Yeah, we're going to have another course, another lesson in this wonderful tele-ministry educational series we've been working on. Yeah, you remember? That's right, Isaiah 61. We have been in verse number nine, and this is our sixth part of verse nine. Once you start studying and you desire to know the deep spiritual truths in the word, you're going to amplify out the scriptures. You're going to maybe put the word, if directed, spiritual in front of the words. You're going to follow the scripture references. You're going to look up the meaning of the words in dictionaries. Maybe the Strong's Concordance to understand the Hebrew and the Greek meanings of the word. Mm -hmm. You're going to look up maybe other teachings on it as well. And then you're going to go, Dear Heavenly Father, help me to know what's the truth, the deep spiritual truth. So welcome today. Here in the Garden of Eden, while I'm sitting in my physical body, in my living room. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day. It is quiet, thank you, Lord. So I can talk to you for just a little bit. Here in part number six of Isaiah 61, verse nine. If you remember Isaiah 61, And 62 were the foundational scriptures that God used to help me, Pastor Deborah, to leave the world of helping people as a mental health counselor licensed by the state of Florida and nationally certified as a clinical mental health counselor to helping people his way. The way of the spirit. I had to almost go through elementary school, middle, high school, graduate school, just to get a basic understanding of you and how to help you. And what was this realm of the spirit about? We didn't get any of that in the mental health counseling. We learned about the biological body and all of its difficulties and hormones and chemicals, brain tumors, cancer, injuries. We learned about the different memories and thoughts and ideas, child development of the soul of a human. Yeah. Why they have feelings. What are feelings? Where do feelings come from? Mm -hmm. That's what mental health counseling studied. That wasn't the way I was to learn how to help people the Lord's way. I had to study spiritual things. And God has not wasted the mental health counseling and the training that I had, because now I can talk for both worlds. Mm -hmm. So here in this lesson, part number six, We're going to continue to work through the Amplified Version 
the amplification of Isaiah 61, verse number nine. But as always, I want to welcome everybody from every planet, galaxy, star system to the garden. Yes, the garden's on your planet, I think. It is in many places at once because it is from the realm of the spirit. The Holy Spirit's in charge of the garden. Mm -hmm. So if God says I want it in your galaxy on all the planets, it's there. I don't know how he does it. That's not my business. That's his. My business is to learn about him, what his heart's desires are for himself and you and all of the galaxies and the planets, the solar systems. What is his heart's desires and purposes for all of this? And what are his prophetic words to us? I have studied and still have been probably most of my life. Mm -hmm. So let's begin first with a big welcome. Turn to your neighbor and say hi. Of course, it might be a living creature of the garden. They're friendly. They love you. They're going to spend probably eternity with you. They're just a little taste of the very presence and delight of the Lord of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven It's a big place. It's in the realm of the spirit where we are today. It has many, many things to help us to understand life in the kingdom. Hmm? So one day when we get a new earth and new bodies, a new planet, whatever you are on, the garden will be there. It's going to be different. It's going to be exciting. You can read a lot about that in the last book of the Holy Bible, Revelation. We hadn't gotten to that book yet. Because right now we're just starting at the beginning, in the elementary level, just where Pastor Deborah started. You might start someplace else with some other scriptures. Some people don't even think much of the Old Testament. They say that's not for believers, and they just study the four Gospels and the New Testament. Other people are sort of stuck in the Old Testament, and their eyes yet have not been able to see the New Testament or the four Gospels. Mm-hmm. So we want to give a big shout-out and a thank you to Zoom Pro, to this wonderful motion video. By Pixabay. Yeah. And we want to give a big thanks to all the IT people who think up computers and microphones and cameras. And that have the knowledge of all this stuff so we can make a video and put it on YouTube. Thank you, YouTube and Twitter and LinkedIn. We almost say a prayer for all those employees. Because they are doing God's work, whether they know it or not. And there is warfare in those areas of social media. God will use whatever means and things he can. He'll use nature. He'll use the sun, the stars, the planet, animals, fish. 
sickness and death, he will use it all to speak to us, to help us. He's a wonderful teacher. Oh, his Holy Spirit, he knows what you need to learn and how you learn. So welcome, welcome, everybody. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another part of your wonderful, wonderful book, Isaiah. Thank you for taking us on a journey spiritually into your heart, to your mind, to your purposes and desires, and into your prophetic words of Isaiah 61 about you and us. Thank you for taking verse 9, expanding it out, amplifying it, helping us to understand the deep spiritual meaning that's in it, that helps us to understand you, ourselves, your goals and purposes for all life. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit who was inside your son. Thank you for the vision, for a wonderful motion video. Thank you for giving us a symbol of your everlasting covenant and your word to us. If you see my hand doing strange things, I'm trying to get it to point to the cross. Thank you for your cross as a sign of your everlasting covenant with us. Thank you for the death of your son and his resurrection out of the tomb and the grave. Thank you, Father, for using everything to help us. Now be with us as we look at your word a little deeper to understand you and us and others. In the name of Christ Jesus, the son of the living God. Amen. All right, we're going to pick up in verse 9. I'm going to read it to you again. Then we're going to go to another scripture that's going to help us. Verse number 9. And I'm going to uh, read it in the amplified version with the word spiritual there. And uh, their spiritual seed That your words, your actions, your deeds, your thoughts shall be spiritually known among the spiritual Gentiles. Those people who don't yet know or believe in this God, in his cross, in the resurrection of his only son, Christ Jesus, and their spiritual offspring. My words, my deeds, my actions, my thoughts, those that I help birth into the kingdom, they are my spiritual offspring of Pastor Deborah. They will be spiritually known among the spiritual people. That's in the realm of the spirit. You see, every person has a spirit called the forever person inside the dirt. Now, animals have a soul. We know that because they're loving, kind, angry. They do not have a spirit. Their spirit is sort of the ones in the garden. The ones in the natural are a 
symbol or reflection of the living creatures that you see here in the garden with you. It says, all that spiritually see them, your offspring, your seeds, shall spiritually acknowledge you, that you and your spiritual seeds, your deeds, your actions, your thoughts, your prayers, your petitions, and your offspring, maybe those who you help get born again, what comes out of your life, that these things, these seeds are of the everlasting covenant of the people of God. They will learn you are people of the cross. And the cross that you see here, that is in your life. And his light is shining out. You might be called the people of the cross. Mm -hmm. The others who don't yet belong to the people of the cross, who are not yet in the family of God, producing their spiritual seeds and offspring. Mm -hmm. They're still babies. We have to help them grow. But those that are grown, as Pastor Deborah is, they will see my seeds, my words, my deeds, my prayers, my actions, my results of what I do. And they will see it as a result of the everlasting covenant of the cross. And they will see that I am of the people of the cross, of God the Most High, who the Lord has spiritually blessed. Mm -hmm. So that's verse 9. And we followed that out. Now we're going to go to another scripture reference. Isaiah, oh, he was a wonderful prophet. The Old Testament, he took trips. He had visions. He talked to this God. When I read that in most of the Old Testament, that there were people God was talking to. Ezekiel, he had trips to the high place in the throne room of God. I said, God, I want those too. I want to be like Ezekiel and take those spiritual trips. I want to be like Isaiah that you speak to and give visions to. Mm -hmm. And he has done that. But you have to desire that. The only way you can desire that is to know how this God interacted with these people in the Old Testament. So Isaiah 65 now, verse 23. I'll read it in an amplified version. The spiritual people, the seeds of my spiritual everlasting covenant, the people of the cross, the Lord is saying to Isaiah, shall not spiritually labor in vain, be unfruitful, be unvictorious. That means if I pray a prayer, it's done. If I speak, it's done. Whatever I am doing spiritually, as a mature spiritual child, he says, those works, those seeds will not be unfruitful. They will produce. 
they will not be vain. Nor shall they spiritually bring forth the seeds of the everlasting covenant for trouble. When I speak to you, it's not to bring you trouble. Trouble will come because you have an enemy and his name is Satan. He hates the cross. He hates the everlasting covenant. He hates the seeds you're to produce. He hates your offspring. But when I come, I come in peace to give you peace. I don't come with a sword to force you to convert or believe. I don't come to say, if you don't believe in this God of the Bible, you will die. That's not this father, the author of the everlasting covenant. Now, we have seen that in the church. But that's not God's church. That is Satan's church. You'll see it in the Spanish Inquisition. You'll see it in lot in the Catholics against the Protestants. You'll even see this if you're in another religion. And somebody comes along and says, you better believe and convert. And you got a sword at your neck. That's not how this God of the Bible works. So he is saying that when I bring forth my seeds, my offspring, they will not be in vain. They will be fruitful. And they will be the seeds of the everlasting covenant of the cross. And they're not for trouble to enslave you in beliefs or thoughts or by fear, by force, or to take you into captivity. Spiritually, Mm -mm. it must be your free will, not because of force or intimidation or shame. It must, you must come into agreement with the everlasting covenant of love, joy, and peace willingly when you have knowledge and you get that aha moment. And why is this so? Isaiah is asking you. He is saying the reason that these people like Pastor Deborah and others come to you in peace, not with threats. Some would say with hell, fire, and brimstone to try to get you to believe through fear. God comes through love. He teaches truth. And he'll speak prophecies to you about future things. To help you make a free will decision. He said for these people like Pastor Deborah, a minister. They bring these seeds of our life. The fruit of the covenant of the everlasting agreement, the cross, agape love, forgiveness, mercy, compassion to you in love. And we do that so you will see him. 
He's no longer angry at you. He's made a way. He's made a way through the cross. His wrath has been taken on another. Now you can come without fear. And I'm to help you understand that. And when I do that, he says, I will be seen as spiritually blessed of the Lord. And that I am his offspring. How that works is I'm able to love the most wickedest people. Spiritually. I can judge with his spiritual eyes. Hear with his ears and understand with his spiritual mind. And you will learn that I am blessed by him when I come in love. That I am his offspring, bringing his seeds of his everlasting covenant to you. Seeds of light, freedom, deliverance, life, peace, joy. And these are the seeds that I'm to produce in my life for you. They are my offspring to you. And when that is done, he is saying here in Isaiah 65, verse 23. He says, when Pastor Deborah or others bring, provide, produce in our lives these spiritual fruit that have seeds in them. And we are giving them to you freely. This is how you will know that this fruit has come to you. And it is for you. Our fruit that we bring to you in words, thoughts, prayers, petitions, is for your spirit. Now, I struggle with the soul. I have to live in both worlds. I have to look past the soul. And I have to be able to see you, the forever person, in the dirt, hidden in the soul, not free yet, and in need of great love. Now let's go to Isaiah 65. Verse 24. And this continues on explaining this fruit. Mm -hmm. And it, the spiritual fruit of these seeds. See, a seed is the baby. It's what produces the fruit of the everlasting covenant. The covenant of the cross. The Lord says he will make with humanity, with their forever persons, their spirits, you, shall come to pass, be spiritually fulfilled, so that spiritually before you even call or pray or petition me, The Lord. Before you even cry unto me. He says. To prove. This everlasting covenant is here. 
to show you the fruit of it. I will spiritually answer. And while you, little one, are spiritually yet speaking, I will spiritually hear. That's all a part of the seeds. It's a relationship. It's a promise, a covenant, agreement Mm -hmm. that you are learning. I don't have to call out to God. He knows when my spirit is troubled. And I want to give you an example of what that looks like to help you. Many years ago, when I was beginning to learn how to help people the Lord's way, the Lord had people for me to reach out to. I didn't know who you were, where they were, but he brought them to me in a a wonderful worldwide global revival. It was called the Brownsville Assembly of God Revival in 1995 to about 2000, 2005. God threw me in to the deep end of the swimming pool, sort of speaking with some of the hardest spiritually abused, tormented, and enslaved forever people, the spirit, right from the get-go. I had to learn quick. God was reaching out through many months of prayers. I had taken songs in the church about bless me, all about me, And turned them into prayers for others. I was satisfied. I was on my way to heaven if I died. I didn't need any more blessings. But there were people who did not know him. Maybe like you. Like most of the world. And you were on your way to another place. When your physical body gave way to death. A horrible tormenting place. I didn't want that for you. I could see through movies the spiritual fear of death and slavery. But I had no idea the depths of it. So a young lady named Amanda was brought to me one night in this revival. I was a part of the deliverance ministry team. She had come to the altar and said she was a Satanist. So they called Pastor Deborah. As I came down the stairs... God gave me spiritual words of knowledge to speak to her. I told her she was a witch and what her spiritual assignment was here in the revival. And she said, how did I know that? I was not a witch. But she was sent in by her clan, the Black Forest clan from Satan, to take me out. Why? My prayers were affecting them. It was being felt in their world. Earthquakes were happening, unsettling. It's like a missile going off. Mm -hmm. Earthquakes happening. Well, I was privileged to lead her to meet Christ Jesus spiritually. And one night she wrote me a letter, and I want to read it to you. It's called A Prayer for Help. Written and sent to me by Amanda. She was 16 years old at this time. I had met her when she was 14, right before her 15th birthday, and she got saved. She believed on the cross spiritually. 
She was a multi-generational Satanist, a witch, assumed to be high priestess of her clan, the Black Forest clan. And as I said, I was privileged and honored to introduce her to Christ, the risen Lord from the cross. The everlasting covenant was being presented to her. In October 1998. Oh, that was a long time ago. But at this time, she was still unable to be completely physically free and healed in her soul. She had multiple personalities filled with demonic spirits under the control of her mother, her uncle, her father her clan, Satan. She was a chosen one to produce one of the bodies of the false prophet to come. Her clan was in the line of sort of the family of John the Baptist. And she was to produce a body that would be as John the Baptist in years to come. That was her job. Through each generation, chosen people would reproduce what we learn about the patterns, the people in the Bible. I had to study genealogy. So she wrote this to me. She wrote me a lot of notes and letters. She wanted to talk. She trusted me with her words. Now she's what you would call mentally incompetent. And because her spirit never really grew, it was weak and afraid. They had a plan, if that happened to people like Amanda, that they would go mentally incompetent. And anything they said would be considered crazy. She's on medication now, might be in a state hospital. She's been in and out of prison and jail. Mm -hmm. But her little spirit is free. And here's her letter, a prayer for help. I wrote this letter to Jesus. I'm not sure how this prayer thing is supposed to work. She's a baby. So I figured you'd know what to do with this. Now remember, we just learned that before you cry, he's heard you. Before you pray, he's heard you. So I'm giving it to you. I meant every word. I got Angel, one of this precious child's many dark side personalities, up. That meant we would call it co-consciousness for it. While I was writing the letter, both sides were up. Angel, which means messenger, which would have been the spiritual part of her to produce John the Baptist. He was a messenger, an angel. I had to study all of this to understand these people and you. So she had both what you would call dark side personalities that love Satan, work for Satan, and would be brought up for his purposes. And she had light side parts, Christian parts, 
parts that went to school, parts that interacted in church, that worked at jobs. So she says, both of the sides are aware of this letter or this prayer thing. So now what? That's what a baby, they don't know. She said, please pray for me. And here is her prayer. But the everlasting covenant and the author says, I've already heard this before she wrote this. Dear Jesus, I really want to get to know you. I am sick of my life in Satanism. I want out of my heritage and blood contracts with Satan. And I want the freedom for me and my children that you give me. Can you pray that? Are you stuck in your ancestral heritage? Are you sick of your life praying to other gods and goddesses? Have you made blood contracts and oaths, vows to Satan through many ways? I know you sent people into my life so that through them, these are the seeds, the offspring of others of the everlasting covenant, so that through them, we can come to know you and your father. There's the seeds working. Mm -hmm. Of Isaiah 61, verse 9. I believe you. And your words are true. Light was coming and had come to Amanda. I believe that you died. There's the cross, the everlasting covenant. For us. Because you love us. And you chose to give your own life up. Satanists understand that. Because many of them saw sacrifices. They didn't want to die. Especially the chosen ones. Of genealogy, biology, ancient generational heritage. They must live and produce. So that we could live and be saved from hell. I believe all. That, and I want a different life for me and my children. Even at 16, she had already had several children, probably since the age of 10, 11, 12. Mm -hmm. One of her seeds, her eggs were taken out very early, Mm -hmm. stored. And in a Petri dish with a sperm of her father, Isaac, the king of this black forest clan, they conceived a child named Hans. Sort of a supernatural way. And then they implanted Hans into a surrogate female, trying to replicate What happened to Christ Jesus with Mary? 
mm-hmm, that there was no sex from a male to a virgin, but yet a baby came out. I had to study all of that to help you. And Amanda was a great help. She talked. She got in lots of trouble for talking. I want to see my family and my friends saved and out of Satanism. I believe you can do that. I want to know you as Father and Lord as my Master. I want to live the life as a child of God. This is a 16-year-old young lady born into multi-generational Satanism. Severely abused, programmed, sort of a Manchurian candidate, dark side parts filled with demons that love Satan, going to satanic ritual meetings, killing others, eating real hearts, drinking blood and urine, seeing others die. That was Amanda's life in the darkness. I want to live the life as a child of God. I believe in my heart, she said, that it was your plans that I met you and Jan. Jan was my name at that time. But Jan died and Pastor Deborah was born. And that story is in called It's Time. As I said, Jan was my name at that time. And much later, the Lord transitioned me to my first name, which was Deborah. Which is, which is another whole story in itself. So she believes that it was God's plan that her and I were to meet. And that she was to enter into his kingdom. I don't think Satan is father, which is what they're told. I feel drawn to you and your people. But I feel totally trapped in the darkness. My children are being hurt beyond comprehension. To most normal people, the child abuse is even at the high extreme level for children and multi-generational Satanism. And I cannot do anything about it. I don't want my family and friends dying and going to hell. I want to see us free and saved. Jesus, I'm tired of all the rituals and meetings and sacrifices to Satan. I'm sick of the pregnancies and then watching them get mutilated for Satan's pleasure. She's only 16. She's had several, if not many pregnancies, already at 16. I am sick of giving myself and my children 
to an empty religion and to Satan. I want to be free, but I don't know how to be free. I need help. This was a young child praying to the author of the everlasting covenant. Before she wrote this, God heard these heart cries of her. I know there will be battles, but I'm strong. And I will fight for our freedom if you'll be there. I know you gave me a new mother and spiritual family. I know I didn't come to Pensacola just to complete an assignment, which is why she came to the revival. They were coming after Pastor Deborah to kill me and warn me to stop praying for them. I believe it was you who broke the car's transmission and made my friend sick so she could not go with me. The story was a group of them, about five, were going to come to the church I was at. And after the service, they were going to walk and find me in the parking lot, threaten me to stop or they would kill me. Well, the little car they were driving in broke down. Three of them stayed to fix it, so they didn't go. And as they got up to the door of the church, this other young girl, her name was Robin, precious girl. Her demons felt the presence of God there so powerfully, she got sick and she couldn't go in. So Amanda had to come in alone, which she was not planning on doing, to meet me, make contact with me, and threaten me after church in the parking lot. Well, God messed that one all up. That's what she is saying. She now believes he did that. I believe it was you who brought me my spiritual mother. That was Pastor Deborah, but it was Jan at the time. Because of my prayers to you as a child. Does God hear a child's prayers? Thoughts? Yes. Does he fulfill them in time? Yes, when all the people that he needs there, he fulfills them. Now, please show me how I can be free of my life in Satanism and be free from my satanic lineage and ranks. I don't want to live my life in the brotherhood or in the family. I had to study the brotherhood. What did it mean to be? In the family. I want you. And your kingdom. I want my kids. And people. To become children of God. To. Fruit. The everlasting covenant. Had been heard and seen. And was drawing Miss Amanda. In prayer. For help. Please help us. And I want to worship you. Without choking. When she would get in church. She would try to raise her hands. And she would be choked. By the demonic spirits in her. And her programming. She couldn't do much. And going into trances at the time. Knocking her out. Thank you and goodbye. And then she said. Pray this with me. And she's talking about me. 
I am not sure how to do it by myself. To your, I, I, I mean our God, to Jesus. Get it to him some way. Always. I love you. Amanda. When I read that, my first thought, sweetie, he's already hurt you. As she wrote the prayer, she was praying. She didn't know it. She was already speaking and he was already hearing the fruit of her life to be free. The fruit to help other people to be free of Satanism, witchcraft, all the horrible life that they had lived. I learned through Amanda much. She talked. I have most of her letters and stories, and you'll hear them in other ways, other videos. But this is how the everlasting covenant works. The fruit of Pastor Deborah's life was given and passed on to Amanda. Amanda's life was producing prayers, petitions for others. And God was saying, I already heard you before you even wrote that to Jan, to Pastor Deborah. I cried when I read this. She didn't know that as she wrote it, she was praying. And God had already heard, even before she began to write, he heard her prayers as a small child. And he went to work to fulfill them through his everlasting covenant, the covenant of the cross. And that ends Isaiah 61, verse number nine. Here, after six videos, we're going to pick up the next verse, I think it's verse 10 of Isaiah 61 in the next video. It's going to take us a few because I expand out so you'll have a deep understanding. All scriptures have to be studied out, looked at with different eyes. Mm-hmm. So you begin and be nourished and fed by agape love. From the everlasting covenant. The covenant of the cross. And you will produce fruit. That will have seeds in it. You'll have deeds. Thoughts. Prayers. Petitions. Actions. Work in the realm of the spirit. Your reputation will get known. That you are blessed of the Lord. You will become a threat to Satan. And his people. And they will try to come probably. To kill you. They did for Pastor Deborah. Because I love the ones entrapped in Satanism, witchcraft, the occult, praying to energies, praying to dead ancestors, to those in other religions who did not know the God of the everlasting covenant of the cross, did not believe in him as the son of the living God who died and rose again. Satanists knew. He died. They actually each Easter crucify someone. But they don't believe, at least the people don't, that he arose out of the tomb. Satan knows, but he doesn't tell that to them. He keeps that secret from their spirits. 
Mm-hmm. And once you step out of religion and into the kingdom of heaven, and you enter into a deep contract with the everlasting covenant, and you start drinking of the truth spiritually, and you start praying and petitioning and praying for other people, for their spiritual freedom of their forever person, you become target zero for Satan. He's coming. He'll come after you spiritually through people, through your weaknesses, your desires, through your soul. Mm -hmm. He'll kill you any way he can if he cannot turn you away from God and prayer and get you so you are compromised. And it's just your soul praying, not your spirit. Pastor Deborah had to learn all of that in order to help you. And studying Isaiah 61 in its sort of amplified version. How do I do that? I put the word spiritual in front of the words. I follow the scripture references out. I've had personal experience in the kingdom of darkness. God gave me wonderful patience and love for the Amandas of the world. Mm -hmm. To learn to look with my spiritual eyes through God's eyes and see and hear a human spirit in their case to judge them, to take love to them. I had to be able understand the spiritual world that was not taught in mental health counseling. It's not even taught in religious denominations. I just heard a missionary, I think is down in Central America somewhere. So they are to be the hands and the feet of a pastor. I go, excuse me? That is not biblical. What they mean is we set up all your missionary trips for you. We go ahead and all you have to do is pay us some money, show up. We'll take you to the villages. We'll do all the lake, sort of what they'd call the lake work, prepare the way for you. That's what that means. But they don't say that. Jesus never said he was the hands and the feet of his father. Jesus never told us to be his hands and feet. He told us to be his voice. He called us into the realm of the spirit where he is to be about the spiritual work, produce the spiritual fruit, to go into the spiritual kingdom of darkness. I have to remind myself every day because there's horrible things going on that he told us that in this world of the natural, there are wars and rumors of wars, horrible and death and abuse he says but i have overcome that i go what does that mean he has overcome that for the spirit Mm -hmm. and he's overcome hell for the in the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. i had to think differently isaiah 61 helped me to look deep at you and others and to see as he sees And to hear as he hears. So you be encouraged. He is there. The everlasting covenant of the cross is still there. And it will be applied in your life. Like it was in Amanda's. 
Amanda saves lots of people wherever she goes. She moves in the spirit, but she's easily deceived. Satan is at work against her because he cannot let one of his go free. Because she knows too much. She has to be considered mentally ill. And he has to work hard on her spirit. So her spirit cannot be about producing fruit of the everlasting covenant. So people would say, oh, look, if you come out of Satanism, you'll be blessed. And it'll be a walk in the park. He has to show people through Amanda. It ain't worth it. But Amanda's tough. No matter what, she has a heart of love for everyone. And she is an evangelist in the darkness, no matter what happens to her. And she'll call pastors who are not good pastors spiritually. She'll call them (laughs) to the carpet. And they don't like it. That's Pat. That's Amanda. She's a sweetie, a toughie. She doesn't tolerate when pastors are also of Satanism. Mm-hmm. She'll call them out. And she gets in lots of trouble for it. That's right. That She's a mighty fighter. She's the sweetest, lovingest spirit you'll ever find. She loves children. She's always helping homeless people get saved. Mm-hmm. Reading the Bible, going to Bible studies, getting in all sorts of trouble. But she doesn't quit. No matter what happens to her. She's lost her mother, her father. Most of her children are all gone. She's separated from all the friends she ever knew. But she's still out there working spiritually. The best she can. Producing fruit for others to see. Jesus. And to come into agreement with the everlasting covenant. She's producing fruit. She's still here on the planet. And she is still helping to set her people free from Satanism. So you be encouraged. There's hope for you. Where do you begin? First, you begin like Amanda. You seek the everlasting covenant. You want to be free of whatever. You want to get to know the God of the cross and his son. And he does the rest. Give you a Hebrews 4.12, a spiritual circumcision out of your spirit. He'll give you a spiritual circumcision. You'll bring your spirit up out of your soul, out of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, where he can teach it and nurture it. In his spiritual words of spirit and life. And he will plant in your spirit. His Holy Spirit to bring forth fruit. Yeah. Then you'll get back in your body. And your soul will be there and be angry with you. Because it will see a change in you. You will now be a bright light to it. And it will be angry. You might get sick, get headaches. If you have any demonic spirits in you or in your family, they will know you are different. You just bind up things in you and other people rebuke them. And you begin to tell your soul, we aren't going to live the way 
we have before. I'm in charge now, spiritually. The Holy Spirit's over me. I'm under the Lord God of the cross. And so we're going to change our thoughts, our concepts, our ideas. And that's just the way it's going to be. Now, the soul will respond back in anger. It's a bully. It's an abuser to the spirit. Your spirit will be small. But you hang in there just like Amanda. And your prayers as a child will be answered. People will come into your life. Mm -hmm. You'll be drawn to them. I have many strange people drawn to me. Asking me questions. Who am I? Praying to be my spiritual child, like Amanda. Mm -hmm. When that happens, you give me permission to speak to you, to love you, to comfort you, protect you, help you spiritually. So you be encouraged. God is here. The everlasting covenant is still on earth, your planet, in the galaxies. It is still shining out in the realm. From the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of darkness. It is still at work. Producing its fruit. Its seeds. Just so you will know that it is blessed of the Lord. And I'll see you again in the next teleministry video. And Father, if there's anybody here that want to be your child, like Amanda, make it so. They want a Hebrews 4.12. Make it happen. Be about your work. Of Isaiah 61 and 62. Fulfill your words. Of your heart. Of your ministry. In people's lives. In the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. All right. I'll see you on the next video. And we'll start with Isaiah 61. Verse 10. Bye. See you then.